0: Hello everyone, my name is Alisa. Welcome to episode 6 of Heart and Soul. Today we are talking about finding your passion. And I was going to label this finding your passion because it sounds a bit more user friendly. But I'm actually going to label it find your passion. I want this to be a directive. I want it to be something that's on your checklist of things to do. Why is it important to find your passion? Good question. I'm so glad you asked. It's important because we're talking about addiction. Now, so let's clarify what we mean by passion. We're not talking about eroticism. We're not talking about sexual passion. We're talking about destiny. We're talking about mm, this thing on the inside of your soul that burns for you to... Um, be in touch with it. We're talking about what it is that you feel that you're supposed to do before your time is up in this life. That is passion. Some people may use other words. You know, you can use a thesaurus and, and find those words, but I like the word Passion. Because when you think of passion, you think of being driven, you think of being focused, you think of, you know, doing something with a sense of, um, there's intention by, behind everything that you do. Let's look at the opposite of that. The life of an addict is more or less, you know, just feeling a compulsion to escape. This feeling of wanting to get away, to run, to not face life, to not deal with anything. And so that's where you see the person running to porn or fetishes or sex or whatever their chosen outlet is, that's what they become consumed with. So why do we have to have this conversation about finding your passion? Because a lot of times what I'm seeing is that my clients do not even know who they are. They don't know why they're here. They don't know what their purpose is or what their destiny is. It's like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Well, what do you want to do? Why are you here? What are you interested in other than porn? The thing about porn and sex and masturbation addictions is that a lot of times they form very early in life. We're talking prepubescent, like when the person is right on the cusp of going into puberty, they start to become um, really preoccupied with the parts of their body that feel good. Oh, I'm going to touch there. I'm going to jerk on this. I'm going to probe there. And if you don't have a balanced life, if you don't have um, an environment that, one, welcomes Um, open conversations about sex and sexuality um, to um, an environment that allows or encourages the individual to um, develop as an entire being, then you're going to have this sort of lopsided way of looking at life. So it looks like this for an addict. Well, I started when I was 10, 11, or 12. Guys usually start a lot earlier than girls. I started when I was really young, and I would hide out in my room. I would go and buy magazines. I would watch porn. I would experiment, and that became their outlet. And because they were doing things in secrecy and um, with a sense of shame or embarrassment and judgment, you know, um, we've all seen how kids can, or even adults for that matter, how they can latch onto kids and a a kid's sexuality becomes a, a joke, a joking point. It becomes something to humiliate that kid over. And so especially when you're a guy, a young boy going through puberty, because girls don't get erections. I mean, if you're if you are physically female only, you don't get an erection. So whatever sexual feelings a girl feels, it's all inside. But a guy becomes sexually aroused or, you know, his body is just going through something or the wind blows a certain way and it gets a hard on. And so it's a lot easier for guys to become preoccupied with sex and sexual feelings and release and all of that stuff. It becomes a cycle very early on. So, again, why is this conversation about finding your passion important? It's important because we're talking about removing from the life equation. Okay? The equation of life, the the way that the male identifies himself, his sexuality, his dick has been a part of who he is from the beginning of time, okay, since he got here, since he became self-aware. You have even like little five and six-year-old kids like, you know, competing to see whose little winky is the biggest. It's pretty ridiculous, but it, it starts so early. So what you're talking about with a guy is saying, I'm going to remove this thing that identifies you. And then there he is, identity-less. There he is saying, who am I? What am I? Why am I here? My time has been um consumed with thoughts of whatever the chosen fetish is whatever the the addiction is this is what my life has been so when you start tweaking that life equation and you're saying no we're going to take out this group of numbers or this set of equations or you know this mathematical formula that you came up with on your own we're going to remove that and suddenly it's like wait this is not computing anymore Because what computed for me previously was happiness, peace, entertainment, and it was all filtered through my dick. You see? So when you talk about addressing addiction, you're talking about cutting out behaviors and activities, indulgences. And when you do that without replacing it with something you're not going to be satisfied and you're much more likely to relapse or you are very likely to suppress, 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 I say this frequently, until you simply act out, until all of that sexual energy just has nowhere to go and you are no longer physically, mentally, emotionally able to ignore All of this energy inside of you now. So you'll get kids, uh, not kids, college students who who say, you know, I can't concentrate in class. Men at work who are stepping away from their desk or stepping outside of a meeting to doctor a hard-on. You know, and this behavior escalates. We're talking about rearranging everything that the male mind has come to believe about himself and his masculinity now of course i'm not saying that you remove your masculinity but what i am saying is that you need to define it redefine it because your definition has been as an addict your definition of manliness your definition of uh, you know self-worth and who you are what you're all about all of this stuff it's about oh my dick was happy today i am a man you know, I got off this number of times. I'm so manly, grrr. It it becomes a very warped way of looking at the world and your place in it. It also becomes a very unhealthy way of looking at um uh, the the I'll call them the players in your fantasies or in your world, whether it's men or women that you are attracted to, or both, or or uh, she whatever it, whoever it is that you're attracted to those people become like players and you have a script and you don't appreciate them as people anymore you know there's there's not much respect for them because you see them as just being there to please you how do we bring an end to all of this unhealthiness Well, it's not that simple. You don't bring it to an end. What you do is you walk through the journey. You walk through the process. It's one step at a time. And if it's day number one for you, or if it's day number 50 for you, or anywhere in between or beyond, if you're at day zero and you're thinking about starting over again today or tomorrow, you're going to have to figure out what it is that is more meaningful to you than your addiction. And that is what I call your passion. Addiction is not a passion. Addiction is nothing more than a lie. It lies to you. It creates situations in life that make life dull and boring and quite negative. Addictions kill relationships. Relationships that, the relationship that you have with yourself as well as the relationships that you have with other, Addiction is nothing but a lying voice. If uh, addiction's lips are moving, addiction is lying. And yes, a half-truth counts as a lie. So when addiction speaks, it's saying, oh, you need this, you're going to feel better. You know, there's nothing that's going to scratch the 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 itch, the way that this fetish does. You need this. That is what addiction is telling you. But uh, addiction doesn't follow through and tell you, you know, I'm digging a bigger hole for you. And it doesn't tell you that it's laughing at you and, you know, entrapping you. That it means to destroy you. That is the very nature of addiction. Addiction is not your friend. And, you know, I want to say this about addiction. Sometimes addictions develop from coping mechanisms that we have early on. And uh, so this is not purely sexual, but if you can understand the nature of addiction, you know, that that safe place that you would go to to get away from it all, and you go to that place more and more and more, it's the place where you make sense to yourself. It's the place where you don't have to justify what you're thinking or feeling or what you've done. It's a place that you have created for yourself. It's like a self-shrine and you get you. Even if no one else does, you get you. And so the nature of addiction is that you become more isolated. Um, you don't want to share your true self with anyone else um you know you become very secretive you you live two or three different lives you have two or three different faces you know one for the public one for um your family and friends at home and then the third one for your kink friendly environment with those people who know about who you are sexually and uh, when you divide yourself like that it becomes really messy and unhealthy You need to find your passion. Find the thing that excites you. Why are you here? What is your purpose? What is your calling? What makes your heart go pitter-patter when you're not horny? You know, if money were not an issue and you could just step away from it all, meaning work and responsibilities, and if your addiction were not there, what would you be doing? Would you be helping people? Would you be exploring a hobby? Would you write a book? Would you record music? What would you do? If addiction were not controlling you, if it were not destroying you, if it were not dictating what you should do day in and day out, because that's what addiction does. And the end of the road with addicts, It's not pretty, because addiction doesn't stop. It's not like addiction goes, okay, you know, yeah, that's enough damage. I'm done. You know, I'm going to have pity on you. Addiction is not done with you until it has sucked your soul dry. We've all seen images of people who are just like dead men or dead dead men or women walking, um... And they look like living skeletons because of what they've done to themselves physically with drugs. Well, your soul is like that. You can actually suck your soul dry and you can look gorgeous. Lots of my guys are healthy and buff and fit and six-pack and, you know, all of that great stuff. Good for you. But when they open their mouths and they start to talk... You see that that is just a gorgeous shell, but who they are on the inside, it's it's a stark contrast. It's not pretty. It's quite sad. The life of an addict is quite lonely. It's sad. It's frustrating. It's depressing. If you are on your journey and you are determined to come through on the other side of addiction, to be free from its... It's control. You need to find your passion. That's not something that anyone else can uh, give you. It's something that was actually implanted in you. That's my belief. I believe when you came here, there's something inside of you that you're here for. You need to find your passion. No one can do it for you. Okay, I'm going to wrap up Heart and Soul episode number six. This one was entitled, Find Your Passion. Do it. Get out there and do it. If you don't know what it is, explore. Find it. Alright, my name is Elisa, and I am speaking to you from my heart and soul. See you next time.